0: Thanks for listening to Bearcat Rewind. Hope you're having a great final full week of August in the summer, finally winding down. But before we let it slip away completely, we have to take a moment to talk about the Olympics, right? Now, the 2020 Tokyo Olympics wrapped up over two weeks ago. But this year's games didn't come into your living room without some help from a Bearcat. Today's guest is Tim Hanna, a former Northwest Missouri State track and field athlete from Liberty, Missouri. Tim came through the Mass Communication Department at Northwest, and while he was fast on the track, he was even more talented working with digital media. I've seen his work designing graphics and logos. It's stellar. But for the Olympics, he was at Universal Orlando Resorts bringing the awesome reaction shots from friends and family that couldn't make the trip to Tokyo because of COVID-19. It was a lot of fun watching those moments play out. And that just adds to a great resume for Timmy, who just turned 27 earlier this month. He worked a show around the Super Bowl earlier this year in Tampa Bay. He's worked on TV shows like The Voice and American Idol. And I was lucky enough to get to know him when he was an intern with the St. Joseph Mustangs. Tim was a hard worker then and continues to do great things. So excited to have Tim Hanna joining us on today's podcast. A Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information is on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash foundation. And Clarinda Regional Health Center, offering support to southwest Iowa and northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at clorindahealth.com. Timmy Hanna is our guest today, talking about his experience working the Olympics broadcast this summer, how his old track and field numbers stack up to some gold medalists that we saw over in Tokyo, and the hands-on work at Northwest that gave him a leg up professionally. Let's dive in with Tim Hanna. Former Northwest Missouri State track and field athlete Tim Hanna joining us. Tim, you've been pretty busy lately, finally getting a chance to kind of settle back into home there in Kansas City, but after the Olympics, I'm sure it's probably nice to be back in your own bed, able to see your girlfriend, your dog, and kind of relax for the first time in a while.
1: Yeah, I was on the road in Orlando for 23 straight days. So it's been nice to come back and relax, take it easy, and as you said, just see my girlfriend, my dog, my family, and just all my friends I miss. You definitely don't realize how long 23 days is until you're stuck in a hotel room.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it really kind of <laughs> it wears on you after a while. I know, heck, we'll be on the road just with basketball for three or four days for a tournament or something, and, then, I mean, that's not very long at all, but I'm kind of like, man, I'm, I'm ready to get back. So three-plus weeks, I mean, that's a lot, but at the same time, you think about it, I mean, the Olympics, the pinnacle of sports, I mean, you've got the whole world watching to be a part of those national broadcasts back here at home, um, that had to be something special for you. I mean, you're still very young in your career, but uh, really getting out there and, and doing some big things already.
1: Yeah, I, I just I just turned 27 right when I got back, so I was, like, joking that I got to work at the Olympics before I was 27, like, as a milestone, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we got to do the friends and family broadcast down there, so... If anyone watched the Olympics, you would have seen if they cut to Orlando, there was like a big conference uh, ballroom type setup, Uh, had a huge chandelier, and it would show like the faces of all the families would be watching there because, of course, they could have traveled to Japan. It was really a crazy show uh, because I know from NBC's perspective, they really came to idea in like May um, when everything started to look like fans and family weren't going to be in attendance, so um, they contacted my company that I worked for full-time at LPN Global um, to help with the broadcast and the production um, from the friends and family. Also, if you saw any of the Microsoft Teams um, and videos like that from the homes, we also had a hand in that. Of course, I wasn't a part of that side of it because I was physically in Orlando, but um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And seeing my shots make national TV, I mean, that always feels cool no matter how many times it happens.
0: I mean, yeah, that, that is awesome to know that you've got eyes all across the country, especially some of the biggest events. I mean, they end up seeing your camera, the reactions of those those uh, friends and family. Is that an assignment that once you hear it, you're pushing for automatically? Or is it, uh, hey, I kind of know that I'm going to be fit in here somewhere. I just don't know
1: where. So I had been our main um, well jib operator. If those aren't familiar with the jib, it's like the crane camera if you watch or a boom. People call it all kinds of things. We call it the jib. If you ever watch like MLS soccer, like usually, or international soccer, there's usually a jib camera behind each goal or at least one of the goals. I run the jib at Sporting Kansas City games um, for all their home broadcasts, which are would be on Valley Sports. Um, do all of those. So I was the one who kind of took over the jib. And so they had requested us bring a jib down there. So kind of when that happened, I knew I was going to be going. Um, but I definitely was like, Oh, the Olympics? Like, this is a great opportunity. Like, yeah, I'll clear my schedule. I'll figure out how I can go. And then I found out it was, like, 20-plus days. I was like, oh, well, okay, that's a lot. But, I mean, I'm, I'm young. The only thing I really have is a dog. It's not like I have a wife and kids um, that I have to kind of move around. So it was kind of an easy decision, um, and I was really lucky to get the opportunity.
0: And worst places to be, right? Because you're at the, the Universal Orlando resorts and nice weather, good food. I mean, it's it probably made for an okay trip.
1: Oh, yeah. It was probably the best work trip, arguably, because a lot of times, you know, I mean, we were working nights. We were working pretty late. Like, every night it was like 4 p.m. we'd get there, and then we wouldn't leave until like midnight or later, um, just because we were part of the primetime broadcast. Um, but, yeah, they fed us really well, obviously, being at a Universal resort. Um, they took really good care of us. Um, as far as food goes, and I was able to get a few um, kind of Tokyo branded merch items, which was nice as well. So I could show that I was, I went to the Olympics, quote unquote, or worked the Olympics, even though I was still back here um, in the United States.
0: Well, you're halfway around the world from where the games are actually happening, but with the fa- families and friends and, and everyone there kind of taking all that in and, and getting those reactions. Right as they're seeing their um, their loved ones competing, I'd have to imagine there's still a lot of emotion, a lot of electricity within that room that you could feel as you kind of reach, you know, near the end, whether it was a qualifier or a, a medal round. I mean, it had to be huge.
1: Oh yeah, we had a uh, Caleb Dressel's family actually. He was like one of the the main stars, I would say, or like one of the most. I mean, he won the most gold on the U.S. team. I think he went home with five. And we had his wife and his mom and dad. And like the how it worked was you got so many rooms and stuff so they would nbc brought out families for um four nights five days um all expenses paid which was awesome on them to take care of them like that and then the dressels also had some other people fly down um and kind of stay in neighboring areas so there was probably like 20 people there for him if not more and i would say those races were definitely so electric just covering that um yeah you could feel it in the room it's almost like kind of being there but not um it's like being at any watch party i guess like there's like World Cup watch parties or like the Chiefs watch party would be an example. Kind of like that feeling where you're not quite there, but like everyone's still intently watching. And that was definitely awesome to be a part of.
0: Well, I know for me personally, I kind of get more drawn to a lot of the track and field events as, as some of those uh, world-class athletes come out but they're just as good whenever you look at the pools, and there were a lot of races there that were uh, very intriguing throughout. Were there any events as, as you're working your jib and kind of keeping track of that, but also trying to see what's going on? Were there any events throughout that kind of caught you forgetting what you're doing and getting caught up in the event as it's happening?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, being a former track athlete, um, I definitely love and have a soft spot for track and field. And So anytime those guys were running, um, a lot of times it was kind of – I could get away with it because tracks fell into a uh, early morning time zone, and then they would be replayed at night. So um, not a ton of family members were, like, getting the reactions during prime time. A lot of times we might come early, like at the 5 a.m. slot and put a camera on a family if they're watching. I know um, we did that with softball as well, as well as a number of other sports. So I would kind of be able to watch it then. I'd go in for breakfast and, you know, have, like, one camera, which it might just be a handheld. So it was a little less – Um, packed in there but yeah there was a I think there was a a swim race where I was told they were taking the other two cameras so my camera was going to be free so I stepped away but I still had the headset on but I locked off my shot and like I'm cheering with the crowd as they're cheering and I hear my headset like make a move and I like ran I was like maybe five feet from the handles but um, yeah ran back and unlocked it and started that but it's just one of those things with live events you never know what's going to happen and they decided to go with me instead of the other two even though uh, initially I wasn't supposed to be on the shot at all.
0: <laughs> so I remember that one because we were kind of in a group text there right after it happened uh, talking about it. It was Bobby Fink in the 800-meter free. And, yeah. and he was he was way back going into the last 50, then all of a sudden turned it on and, and blew past everyone. And, uh, again, like, I'm not a huge swimming guy, but it was one of those that kind of gets you off your seat. Then they showed the family, it gave you goosebumps, and, uh, and you re- mentioned that that was your camera as they switched to it. And, yeah, that was – that was one of the ones when I first kind of like really started paying more attention to the family shots and how they were getting into it and, and how crazy that was. And um, and I have to think, too, the more and more and more that this happened, that NBC probably saw it and was wanted to give your guys' cameras a little bit more exposure of how those families were reacting as it went on.
1: Yeah, I know definitely at first it felt like we were all kind of feeling it out because um, um, there was a crew in Orlando, obviously, with the families, and then there's a crew in Stanford where NBC is based. And then there was also um, um, the trucks in Tokyo, which, you know, there's a number of seeds coming back to Stanford where they're kind of master controlling it all. And so you could definitely tell at first, like, them themselves, like, with any Olympics, like, as much as you probably map it out, as soon as you see it at scale, it's probably going to be a lot different. So we definitely felt ourselves getting taken more and more um, and going live more and more as the kind of the whole olympics progressed and yeah that that think moment was pretty incredible because he did it twice too and yeah, his sisters were there and i think his mom or dad was there um and yeah it was uh that was definitely one of those moments with like any race like track swimming all those there's like something we all as kids raced each other right so it's just a simple it's easy to get understand what's going on right if you finish first you're first so it's easy to get involved in
0: and I like simple sports like that because I'm not the smartest person out there. You know that, Tim. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're still early in your career. You mentioned it. You're only 27 years old, but you've covered some big things, and, and we kind of talked before, but did some stuff with the Super Bowl last year and AFC Championship, American Idol, The Voice. I mean, where where does working this event with the Olympics and the Friends and Family Show kind of rank for you early on?
1: It's definitely up there. I think this and the Super Bowl... Which with the Super Bowl it was like a more of a tailgate show, like a pregame thing. With it was called Taste of the NFL, where I ran the jib camera there as well, and it was a, a cooking show, which had normally been done as an event where people would go to the game and they could buy tickets and you would try food from like all the various cities that have teams. And it was a big event like that. Instead, we they changed the format this shoot, this last Super Bowl, I should say, the one in Tampa. Um, and we were able to do that with like a stage and everything. Um, and broadcast that it was like streaming and people could buy tickets and watch online. Um, and they, if you bought the tickets, they would send you so you could cook along with them. It was kind of cool, but just being there at the Super Bowl that was, that might be up there simply because I'm a chiefs fan. And so granted the chiefs did not perform so well. Uh, it was still kind of cool to see all those festivities, AFC championships up there again, just inherent bias. I probably wouldn't have worked it if I wasn't already here in Kansas city. Um, it's kind of easier to hire guys when they don't have to travel. Um, but, yes, being there with the Chiefs was great. But Sporting KC, um, National Championships, we do a number of basketball tournaments, too, that I've been able to work in the past year. Um, but, yeah, it's it's kind of been a lot in the last two years has really taken off. So um, I'm definitely very blessed. I'm excited for what's next. But, yeah, the Olympics, obviously, being only every four years, that's probably going to be the top one, just saying I had a hand in that in any way, shape, or form.
0: And it kind of felt like, Maybe there was a little bit added to it after that COVID year that once it kind of rolled around, the anticipation level was just a little bit higher. And, and I don't know about for you, if if you were a big fan of watching the Olympics when you were younger, and it took me a while, a little bit more maturing before I paid more attention to it. But, like, man, once I got here this year, I was like, let's go. I'm ready to watch.
1: Yeah, I, I was always a big Olympics fan. I think, like I said, like swimming and running, at least, that was always something I was uh, – big fan of big soccer fan too so i kind of i was able to watch the men's and women's teams granted the men's team wasn't there for the u.s but just being a soccer nerd i i enjoyed waking up early and watching those um but yeah the extra year made it a really big deal you kind of realize like especially for the athletes not just them but their families like the sacrifices they put in in a normal calendar year and not only but now with covid and whatnot and like how training was so difficult like there were some athletes who you know, wherever, depending on what state they lived in, they couldn't train as much or they had to like train out of their home. And, um, they never lost sight of like that end goal. Just to see these athletes and to finally, you know, win a medal, whether it be just performing, honestly, at the world stage is, um, great in its own way. But it's winning a gold, silver, or bronze is also incredible. And the way their families reacted, you could just tell like what it meant to them and how much work went into it. And so just being able to like share their reactions was probably. Those are the memories that will probably stick with me the most, not just uh, you know, having the the rings on a T-shirt I got or sitting at the pool at a resort during the day. Those, I think the families are the things I'll remember most.
0: I mean, you were a member of Northwest Missouri State Track and Field in college. Part of you, watching the sprints, I mean, there had to be a little bit of you off daydreaming, a little bit of like, Boy, what what if I was there? You know, everybody does oh, yeah. it. Even if you know someone that's a that's a terrible athlete like me, you still kind of envision like what would that be like? I mean, you were much closer than most of us get as a collegiate athlete. Part of you had to be kind of thinking about the dream and being in front of the flashbulbs popping on that, that world stage.
1: Yeah, and we always used to joke in track where it's like you know, as track athletes, we don't really go pro as in like a team. Which I mean, there are track teams, so. There's probably some track people out there who are going to correct me for saying that. But, like, the Olympics is the ultimate goal, um, typically. So, yeah, watching that, I mean, I caught like, running in place or, like, pumping my arms or just imagining. I mean, I was never world-class, obviously. Um, but I, I always like kind of comparing my times and just being amazed at the splits they would pull and um, comparing myself to all these runners and just how they run. and Especially when you see some events. Um, where like there's a lot of strategy involved I ran the 400 mostly in college but I I did the eight a little bit and I had a lot of friends who ran the 1500 so um, I really liked watching the eight and the 15 and the strategies that went into it um, and you could see like, just how some athletes like uh, you know the moment kind of gets the best of them or they get blocked in and something they can't control and it's like how are they going to overcome this and like having been there myself it was kind of cool to to think um, what would I do in that situation but what i would have done in that situation has been like 30 40 100 <laughs> meters behind
0: so well so you would see some of those runners too because everybody from our perspective for the most part is keeping an eye on you know what's that u.s athlete doing in this particular race and you kind of see them in whether it's the 800 or 1500 some of those they kind of sink a little bit further back and you're like man if i was them you've got 400 meters left i'd be panicking and they just kind of bide their time and wait for that right moment, and then they, they hit and they go up and, and get one of those medal spots. But it's funny you mentioned kind of thinking about your times and comparing those a little bit. Your PR in college, according to com, in the four hundred forty nine point five three seconds, I mean, you weren't terribly far off in the men's now, gold. I, would
1: have, I think I would have got bronze if I was a female, but... Um even those ladies are blowing me out of the water. <laughs> um,
0: well, I mean, you probably, yeah, I mean, I'm guessing you weren't running in some of the heat they might have had in Tokyo also.
1: No, yeah. I mean, it does help when you run with better competition. I, unfortunately, in college, too, uh, spent most of my time in the training room uh, with injury. But at 40, that I'm still very proud to say I ran sub-50 in general because there's not a lot of people in the world who can say that. I'd say it's probably 10%. I don't know. That might be generous, even. It might be more than I'm saying. But... Um, especially at the time when I was doing yeah, when I was running sub 50 out of high school was like I thought I was you know amazing and now I watch these guys and they run 43 like it's a jog when they you see the guys run the four in the last 20 meters they shut the engine off and just coast and it's like you just ran under 44 seconds which like less than a hundred people probably in the world have done in the last 10 years
0: it yeah it's pretty incredible and your 200 was about three seconds off of the gold medal which again three seconds and 200 meters i mean that's that 's a, a considerable lot. chunk, but at the same <laughs> time it 's like you know you 're probably ten seconds faster than I am too, so there 's some pretty good times Tim
1: thank you, thank you i tried i I did love I love track honestly, my teammates at Northwest made the experience of Northwest so great, but uh yeah, I definitely wasn 't uh, cut out for the top the top tier i wasn 't winning any gold medals that 's for sure
0: do you ever think about uh, you know you come to Northwest in uh, what the fall of two thousand and thirteen from Liberty? Mm-hmm. You were a couple years before the Hughes Fieldhouse opened up here on campus. Do you ever think about what that would have been like to be able to compete in that and have that, you know, in the off season to be able to go and practice in and not necessarily have to be out in some of the conditions or or inside Lampkin trying to go around that small little track inside Bearcat Arena that sort of thing.
1: Oh yeah, that Hughes track would have been huge. I remember when we i was a freshman they they had the plans for that for a while and i mean with anything you know um comes down to money and whatnot and they finally were able to get it and you can just see how the team has done so well since that's been built and that investment has been incredible not just for track but also football and baseball and all those other sports that get to use those facilities as well but yeah just having an indoor track would would have been nice that poor Lambkin track was a (laughs) <laughs> it was nice when they first had it, but of course, you know, the size was a little tight and you had to deal with basketball um, and affecting their practices as well. And not to mention, it's just after a while, it kind of got really hard. That floor kind of wasn't soft anymore, and so you kind of beat yourself up running on the indoor track. As everybody knows, Maryville is not the, the tamest of winters, so no. you kind of had to be inside most days.
0: So along with your time inside Lampkin or at the Herschel Neal Track, you spend a lot of time also here in Wells Hall. Uh, working at mm-hmm. KXCV, V, K and wt Channel 8, um, an internship with the St. Joe Mustangs, which then led into a full-time job with the Mustangs. Uh, just a lot of opportunities that I know you took advantage of, of putting in a lot of work to be able to get to where you are now, of whether it's just working with the technology or, or building that creative side. I mean, I think there's a lot of students that don't realize how much you have at Northwest Missouri State in that area until you get in, and, and you took advantage of it.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember coming out of high school. um, I'd looked at a few schools and I really wanted to play a sport like track or soccer. And I had an offer to play soccer somewhere else. Um, But I ultimately settled on Northwest because of the broadcast department and the options they had. Like, I mean, you hear about like Mizzou and other schools like there's Maryland and North Carolina. Those are like the top tier broadcast schools, arguably in the country and Mizzou obviously being close. But uh, Northwest just offered a lot more scholarships, and they offered a lot more opportunity to do it as a freshman. Um, I remember talking to Will Murphy on my visit about how um, you could do, like, the radio practicum, like second semester freshman year when at Mizzou you had to either have a, a high enough ACT or you had to have a certain GPA by the end of your sophomore year to do anything broadcast-related, like beyond the TV show or beyond the news show. So I came into Northwest, and it was actually my first semester. They decided they didn't add, they wanted to add more kids, so and in the first semester could add practicum. So from day one, I was on the radio at Northwest, and that really kind of set me down a path of being heavily involved in Wells Hall. I remember Matt, you coming and speaking actually when I was a student there, um, when you were at K, uh, KQ2. And giving us advice about what to do, and it's kind of funny. I feel like we always joke that I kind of feel like I followed your footsteps, you know, with KXCV, and, and then after you left the Mustangs, I took over for you, and uh, we've kind of had an intertwined career in a way.
0: And then all of a sudden, you shot way past me, and here you are <laughs> working the Olympics.
1: <laughs> it worked out well, okay. <laughs> it did work out okay. I did have luckily I got made some connections. I came from a very uh, Liberty is a very good broadcast high school, um, which. I I was very lucky to go there and have the equipment we had, um, and the experiences and the connections then when it was Niles media, um, or what brought me back after I I went to Texas for a bit, worked for a a division one university as a videographer. And, um, yeah, they brought me back when they got, when they changed from Niles to LTN. And I've kind of been blessed to be back in Kansas city where I'm from Liberty, Kansas city, a suburb, but you know, the Midwest, I'm, I'm very happy to be here, but yeah. Um, Without Northwest, I don't think I would have probably gotten the experience that I got of just like testing the waters and the ability at Wells to just check out equipment for classes um, was so nice. I mean, people don't really realize the stuff they have back there. I remember one day just getting the steady cam out and just like playing with it just because, I mean, Will would let you do that because he wants you to be better and all the teachers there want you to be better. I had plenty of times I would poke my head into office office and just talk about uh, writing and stuff and asking him about his books and stuff like that i i'm looking at my desk right now and i have one of his books sitting here that i just finished this summer so um yeah i mean northwest is definitely the right decision for me whether track was going to make me go pro or not i think the school um i mean to be cheesy you know wells really made me go pro in broadcasting so
0: yeah it's uh it's a group of hungry students that are around you. I know it was for me and it sounds like for you two at the same time of wanted to get mm-hmm. in and, and dive in. But, uh, uh, the professors, the staff, everyone around Wells hall is all about getting that hands-on experience for you. So now we're starting to sound like a Northwest Missouri state commercial, but really that professional right. learning goes a long way. And I know you talked about potentially wanting to play soccer in college, which we don't have a men's team at Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't work out, but at least when you did intern with the Mustangs, uh, you got to be the second best uh, soccer intern on the staff.
1: I did. I did. There was a, you know, we had a pretty talented guy there. Um, no, no, Matt, we both know I was the best.
0: <laughs> I never saw you lay out on concrete to stop a goal, but. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I, I care about my shoulders too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you put it all on the line.
1: Yeah, exactly. All
0: right, Tim, I'm going to run you through just a quick uh, few more and then let you go. Um I feel like this is one that uh, pertains a lot to what we discussed before we went on the air, but I'm also curious to know who will you take with the first pick in the fantasy football draft?
1: Oh, gosh. If I, was I, am I first overall, or am I like. Again, we'll I guess we'll say
0: first overall.
1: If I'm first overall. Hmm. We're a PPR league, and there's 12 of us. Oh. <sighs> I want to say – I haven't done my research, I won't lie. I want to say like an Alvin Kamara, but with Drew Brees gone, I don't know if I trust whoever is going to play in New Orleans. Um, Saquon's just back from injury. Hmm.
0: Sounds like Josh Jacobs is your guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know you love those Raiders, but Josh Jacobs would be honestly a really great pick, and they're going to pound the ball a lot with him. So he wouldn't be a bad one. Um, I probably would go running back bus first overall because there's just a lot – of wide receivers right now so i don't know you caught me in a in a lack of research mode but i'd say i'd take probably one of the top three running backs maybe christian mccaffrey probably if he could stay healthy i'd probably take him
0: can't miss there i know one person that already has his draft mapped out you should probably give him a call
1: um i might have to.
0: number two what's the best show on tv right now
1: I really like Ted Lasso a lot. Um, I just watched Dave, too. Dave was really good. I know you're a Dave fan. <laughs> yeah, um, I was
0: definitely angling for you to say Dave right there. I know. That's okay. I
1: could tell. <laughs> uh, yeah, both of those shows have been really good. I'm trying to think. I really haven't got a chance to watch TV. Like like I said, we've gone so long. And, I mean, it was just basic cable, but I was working night, so I couldn't watch um, anything in my hotel room without streaming it on my phone. So I just kept up with Dave and... Ted Lasso. I'm kind of looking for a new show to. now that Dave's season two is over.
0: It was a great finale as well. And I just it heard really was. Two weeks ago, I also got uh, told to watch Ted Lasso on this podcast, so I guess I'm really going to have to get it now. Um, it is really good. Last one. Can you throw out a book recommendation for us?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, well, I mentioned I read Offit's book, so for those who haven't read it, so you had to build a time machine. It's pretty great. And then the last, I also wrote this book, and so it'd be for people my age, technically millennials, broke millennial, but Aaron Lowry's a really good one. It's about finances and stuff and how, like, whatever facet you're at, whether you're living in your parents' basement with no savings account or you have, like, a 401k and an IRA, it still has advice for you. It's kind of like a book you can pick up and read any chapter, um, but I read it all the way through, and it was kind of good, and see what the pandemic and everything and money being tight for a lot of people it was i think it's very good and something everyone should be better at is handling their own money so i'd say those two
0: it's like a dave ramsey for millennials
1: exactly, pretty much she has a couple of books i have dave ramsey's book too i won't lie but hers was really easy to read because it's kind of funny and there's some curse words in there that make it fun
0: <laughs> awesome well tim it's always great to catch up with you uh, good luck this year in fantasy football and uh, oh yeah hope we can talk again soon thanks matt Thanks again to Tim Hanna coming on Bearcat Rewind to talk with us. Great hearing those stories, hearing about what he's doing professionally after leaving Northwest Missouri State. But we have also have some current students that have done some big things here on campus. Our episode last week was with Lainey Joseph, a Cameron native. She's going into her freshman year here at Northwest Missouri State. Took a mission trip to Kenya. We talked with her about that last week. That was awesome. We've had Reagan Dodd, a former Northwest tennis player. Matt Canella, the current Head Athletic Trainer at Northwest Missouri State, and many, many more. So check out some of those archived episodes of our podcast. Thanks to Northwest Professor Alex Kurt for producing our intro and outro music. And thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind. I'm Matt Tritton saying so long.